Care Norris scrubs are designed with you, our healthcare heroes, in mind. Our luxurious scrubs are the perfect blend of style and comfort, giving you the freedom to feel confident and look your best while providing exceptional care. For a limited time, enjoy 20% off of our scrubs with code MCMS20 at karenware.com. Thank you for all that you do for patients and families every day. Do your homework in terms of finding a mentor who owns their own practice. I would say if you are in a committed relationship or married, make sure your spouse is on board because it's a decision that affects your entire your entire life, every yeah. aspect of it. So I found it tremendously helpful to have a, uh, a supportive spouse. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. And our guest is Dr. Anne-Sharie Fox. Dr. Fox went to medical school at the Medical University of South Carolina College of Medicine, did an internship at the College of Medicine as well, residency at University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, and then went on to a fellowship at Emory University. She is a trained anesthesiologist and also completed her fellowship in pain medicine. Dr. Fox, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure, and we've gotten to know each other through your service on the board of directors for the Maricopa County Medical Society. I don't pick up on any accent from what I know of South Carolina, so could you tell everyone like you know, where you grew up and uh, how you came out to Arizona? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually from North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Um, and I was born and raised there, uh, was uh, educated there through medical school. Um, I did go to the university, the medical university of South Carolina for medical school, but I did venture out of the Southeast, um, to the university of Pennsylvania for anesthesiology and, um, back down South, uh, to Atlanta, Georgia, um, for fellowship in pain management at Emory. So for the most part, I lived, uh, much of my um, young adult years in the Southeast. And okay. as for the accent, that was intentional, I believe, on my mother's part. She was born in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, and she she did not necessarily care for the Southern drawl, so <laughs> <laughs> she discouraged it. <laughs> That's a tough accent in Boston, too. Yeah, you, you're telling me. So wow. I don't know where my current accent is from, but this is this is what it is. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, every time I've been to Atlanta or Hotlanta, as some people call it, um, I always try <laughs> to have shrimp and grits. And uh, is it called low country cooking? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm not sure that Atlanta is the best place for it. <laughs> right. I highly recommend you visit Charleston, South Carolina, Hilton Head, or Savannah, Georgia for some real low country cooking. Okay. Well, everyone listening, please head out there. Um, <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We, uh, we want to talk to you about running a practice. And, you know, your audience today is a mix of physicians and other healthcare professionals, some of whom own a practice, some of whom may be thinking about running a practice. I've seen the, the trends over the last couple of decades. Uh, there's a shrinking percentage of physicians who work in private practice. 
So a big picture question for you right now, why do you think that is? Why do you think that trend is going away from owning or operating in private practice? That's a great question, John. And there are many reasons why that is the case. Um, Certainly our current reimbursement structure is not necessarily the best for the independent um, physician. It's a complicated process to send out, um, you know, your billing and um, and also your collections. And at least on the collections piece, it's getting more and more complicated in Arizona with the current changes in law that are taking effect. Um, but it's a complicated process. It's not as simple as other businesses where a customer comes in and requests a good or service and they pay for their good and good or service goods or services. Um, instead, in, in medicine, we have this third-party payer system that is uh, just overly complicated and not intuitive whatsoever. It requires um, resources that can strain any small business. Um, and the, the fact that physicians who want to be independent um, need to be aware of the, you know, the demands of a small business, yet we rarely receive any training on it. That is starting out of the gates behind, um, you know, what is necessary to be successful in small business. Excellent points. Uh, I've heard the same from, from many others as well. And I wonder if part of the issue is the fear of the unknown. So before medical school, For example, did you know anyone who owned a medical practice? As I reflect on who I shadowed or were my mentors before going to medical school, I believe they were all also employed physicians. Um, So they didn't necessarily have to deal with the day-to-day business decisions of running a a practice. Okay. So it's not like you had a mentor or somebody to to show you the way. Um, How did that come about? Did you... Just um, did you lean on other people or launch out on your own and figure it out as you went along? Well, yes and yes. I launched out on my own um, because the type of practice that I wanted to to create for myself was a very or is more of a niche in pain management. Um, I do not prescribe um, narcotics or opioid analgesics. For pain management, I only do interventions and surgeries to alleviate pain. And so that um, is unique, I would say, among many of the pain management practices here in the area. And so I had to create my own way in order to do that. Um, So uh, there was a lot of trial and error and a lot of mistakes that were made in running the business to start. but I do lean heavily now on mentorship and education in running business. Dr. Fox, what would you say are the most important aspects of running a business, the most crucial parts, whether it's clinical care or the management, the financial end, you know, what would you say are the top, maybe one or two most important parts? Well, because I work in healthcare, the provision of excellent service is of utmost importance. 
and everything that goes into that, whether it's patient safety, patient satisfaction, um, just doing a good job, and then reflecting and um, you know surveying your patients to make sure the job I think I'm doing is in fact what I'm delivering to them. So that's definitely number one. But number two is you also have to be able to keep the doors open and the lights on. Um, so e almost equally as important is the health of the business itself. You know, um, learning about revenue cycles and there's so much that I just was unaware of as a fourth year medical student, a resident intern. I had no idea about, uh, you know, a P&L statement or balance sheets. That was none of that was really um, taught to me um, during my formal education, I would say. Um, so I had to learn about all of that. But it's very important. You cannot run a business without understanding business. Um, not for long, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so that is something that anyone who hopes to launch out onto their own, they must understand that they have to learn the business aspect of medicine. Excellent. Dr. Fox, thanks for being on the show. We'll take a short break and continue our conversation with Dr. Anne-Sheree Fox of Nocio Interventional Pain Management. We'll be right back. Interested in CME, patient and professional referrals, networking and connecting with other physicians across the valley, want to be highlighted in our Arizona Physician Magazine and podcast, or interested in exclusive discounts for your next vacation? At MCMS, we offer all of the above to fit your needs as a physician. Join us now. For more info, check us out at mcmsonline.com or give us a call today at 602-252-2015. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Anne-Sheree Fox, the founder of Nocio Interventional Pain Management. Dr. Fox, in the first half of the show, we talked about how you got into your private practice some of the things that you had to overcome early on. Uh, I'm wondering if you can give us some more details about that. Uh, looking back now, since you began the practice, are there skills you wish you had at the beginning of starting that would have helped you? Almost too numerous to count. Okay. <laughs> right on. Um, but I will try to give some of the big ones. Um, so before um, starting my practice, I really hadn't had um, much experience in, um, you know, understanding the cash flow of a medical practice, um, understanding the billing um, process, which even though I understand it better, it still seems quite magical and mythical to me, but at least I understand the, the you know, the majority of that process so that I can um, intervene on my own behalf as much as as much as needs to be done yeah. but um, as an employed physician and certainly as a medical trainee it it is not always if at all evident how money is made in medicine and how you can you know earn an income in medicine so before launching out I would say um, 
I wish I had spent more time and got uh, received a lot more mentorship in the mechanics of the business of a medical practice. I think that would have been invaluable and it would have saved me so much um, blood, sweat, and tears, making up for the fact that I didn't know as much as I needed to. Yeah. Let me ask you about the system that we have right now and the, where private practices fit. The majority of physicians employed these working these days are employed physicians at hospitals or at larger groups that some of them have a percentage that's owned by private equity. And that percentage, I believe, is growing. There's, so there's more horizontal integration that we call it of, of practices grouping together. And there's also more vertical integration of hospital systems scooping up private practices, sort of um, the way that they can get patients in the door to to pay the higher, higher cost bills, higher ticket items that would be surgeries and so on. Which medical specialties do you believe are more conducive to being profitable, staying in business, providing good care to patients, and in which do you see as heading in the direction of more consolidation or being scooped up by hospital systems? Well, John, frankly, I think any specialty could be a great choice for being an independent practice because it's not the specialty, I believe, that determines the success of the practice. It's more of your creativity and innovation within your specialty and creating um, a niche or some service or services that um, speak to to your market, just like any business. Um, And that can be found in, you know, primary care where they have the concierge um, businesses that can be found, of course, in pain management, where um, in my case, you know, I do things like ketamine um, treatment for various conditions, um, which is a more of a cash-based service, but but definitely one that is highly marketable. There are so many um, services that each specialty could, um, could use and capitalize on in order to be successful. So I think, you know, it's more a matter of the physician and their desire or passions for helping people in, in, in whatever certain way they want to, whether it's um, in the comfort of knowing that they'll get a steady paycheck, or if you're, um, if you're really up for an adventure, (laughs) you can become an independent physician and kind of charter your own course, um, which, you know, for better or worse, you are kind of the captain of captain of your own ship and you're able to steer your practice in whichever direction you'd like to go. Yeah. And that's a great point as well. The adventure. Let's talk a little bit about that. The, the pros and cons from your view of the amount of, of care that you can provide, whether it's as a sole practitioner that's owning and operating a practice the other people on that team and, you know, sort of when you get to that breaking point, if you're going to expand or add more locations, the balance of time that you have with your family, all these other factors that go into um, whether you decide to take that leap to launch a private practice and everything involved, you know, late night hours, weekends, and so on. How would you sort of encapsulate that? Or, or um, if you want to break it down, going through those, the, the pros and cons, I guess. Right. Well, I would say 
there is no difference in deciding whether to expand or to make, you know, big decisions in an individual practice as it is in a practice in which you're employed, because you're always going to have demands on your family, on your personal time, um, anytime you're talking about expansion. Um, the difference is, though, is who bears the weight of the risk. Um, and and you, when you own the practice, then you, the physician as the owner, gets to bear the risk of, well, if it's not successful, then somebody still has to pay for this expansion. Um, and so you have you what I have learned to do is to mitigate that risk by uh, educating myself about the choices and, um, you know, being very nimble in my business dealings when I can. As an employed physician, which I've, I have been employed um, earlier in my career, um, there's not as much personal uh, financial risk when, you know, a practice asks you to go to multiple locations or expand your hours. However, you're taking away from your family time and personal time. And, and that, that may not be what you would want to do. And so that is, um, that is what you give up by being an employee, um, yeah. kind of being able to decide which you would like to risk your personal time or your, your, your financial freedom. Right. And with that risk, I guess there's, there could be reward and the, sometimes um, more of that reward couldn't come back to you as, as the owner, you know, the, the person managing that practice, if that's the case. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not even close as, you know, as an independent physician, you get to share, um, you know, along with the growth in your staff or what have you, the rewards of a thriving practice um, in, you know, certainly there's the financial piece to it as well. Um, but, at, you know, as an employed position, one may have a compensation structure that includes um, performance-based bonuses, but, um, you know, I've never found that those have been nearly as rewarding as what I can get as a, as an independent physician. Okay. Who else is on your team and, and how much of that is done in-house or outsourced in terms of um, the billing aspects, the, the marketing communications, um, you know, who do you have internally or, and do you outsource everything? Um, and I know this is very different based on the, the setup of every practice that's out there, but as an example, how does Nocio do it? My team is a combination of um, employees who work for me and numerous um, vendors and, um, and other independent contractors who I use for various needs for the practice. So okay. in terms of billing, you know, although the bill is initiated or, you know, the is initiated by my um, office visit, you know, when you come into the office, the doctor writes their notes and right. those notes kind of start things off. Um, at some point, the bill eventually ends up with my billers, who is a, a, an independent provider, like an uh, independent contractor okay. who, who does all my billing um, after a certain part of the process. Um, and they are also responsible for collections. But the more important part as a physician who owns the practice 
um, it's my responsibility to oversee that pre- that process. And that part you may not necessarily be privy to as an employee position. Got it. Um, so even though they don't work for me as an employee, as a like a W-2 employee, mm-hmm. um, they are um, like a vendor who I oversee um, their services. Okay. Um, but, uh, and then, yes, I have online marketing and uh, numerous other um, vendors, independent contractors and things that yeah, help there's a lot me. that goes into it. it there really, there really are. But my practice is completely different than the one, you know, down the street. Um, yeah. So each, each practice is crafted a little bit differently depending on what the owner wants to happen. Okay. Dr. Fox, last question for you today, and, and maybe you've had this conversation with, with colleagues, uh, especially employed physicians who are thinking whether to launch their private practice. Is there any advice in general that you would give to practicing physicians today who are considering whether to take that leap or, or what that next first step would be? Yes, um, I think the advice I would give would be what I wish I had been told. Um, years ago when I started. Um, So first I would say, do your homework in terms of finding a mentor who owns their own practice. I would say, if you are in a committed relationship or married, make sure your spouse is on board because it's a decision that affects your entire your entire life, every yeah. aspect of it. So I found it tremendously helpful to have a, uh, a supportive spouse. Um, and third, to um, just educate yourself on business practices, best practices um, in general. And in my case, I am a member of a executive um, leadership and mentorship um, organization called Vistage that's been extremely helpful um, in learning the business aspect of medicine. Dr. Anne-Cherie Fox, founder of Nocio Interventional Pain Management, which is at nociopain.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome, John, and thank you so much for having me. This production is brought to you by Maricopa County Medical Society. MCMS is increasing value for physicians throughout the valley. For more info, check out mcmsonline.com or simply give us a call at 602-252-2015. Helping physicians be the best they can be.